I go into my message, this is the book I wrote. It's called, uh-oh. Never talk about it. But it's called Language from Heaven. It's been a while now. And some of the things I'll be sharing today is from the book. And if you want to read, go read this. Uh, I was trying to see because I didn't have a copy anymore. This is Teresa's copy. <laughs> I give everything away. But I wanted to go look to see, maybe I can see if it's there. So Teresa can put it up. Yeah, we don't have this this day. This thing, they know how to go out on Sunday morning. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> we got to pray. <laughs> okay. But I wanted that to put it up there, but uh, so we can see, so I can tell, encourage you, it's not a bad sale. Please read. This is several years of my life, what God has taught me. And uh, I've noticed on Google, people have, what do they call them? They write about what they think about the book. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. I want to go on straight to the message. The secret to divine revelation. The secret to divine revelation. You know, when I was growing up, and I hear, you know, God, people hear from God, and I used to think, how do you hear from God? Can't even see Him. How, how do you hear from God? Does God speak to people? And when I went to church, and a brother said, the Lord told me, and I said, He's really holy. <laughs> he must be holy. Because God's speaking to him. And then uh, I started understanding some things that I want to share with you today uh, about getting a secret from God. But before I go into that, let me show you something. Who does God consider a honorable person? Are you honorable before God? I've been around Christians. And I, sometimes I wonder, I, does God consider you an honorable person? A noble person? Let me share this scripture with you. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. It says, though these were more noble or honorable than those in Thessalonica. Paul had left Thessalonica and went to Berea. To preach the gospel. And the Holy Spirit recorded this about the Berean Christians. He said they were more noble. The others were noble, but these were more noble. And some translations say honorable than those in Thessalonica. Why? In that they received the word with all readiness of mind. When you receive the word of God with all readiness of mind, not the person, the word. With all readiness of mind, God says you are noble. And search the scripture, not only reading, I mean receiving with all readiness of mind, they search the scriptures. They search the Bible. Daily. Whether those things were so. They searched. Now, they didn't care. They had the greatest of apostles, Paul, I'm in their midst. That didn't matter to them. The signs Paul did, that wasn't their business. What they wanted to know is whatever Paul, the apostle, is saying, can I find it in the Bible? That's the most important thing. If you do that, then God considers you honorable. 
If you're feeling what you think, what many are saying, matters to you more than what God says, you're not honorable in His sight. You're not honorable in His sight. If you want to be honorable before God, that is somebody God can do business with, then elevate His word above every other thing, including your feelings, including what you think, including what they think. Including what many are saying. When you have that attitude towards God, he's found another Abraham. Somebody that he can do business with. You know, I hear Christians say, well, I know the Bible says this, but once you go there, but you discount everything and the God who spoke those words. It don't matter to you. It doesn't matter if the word is not working in my life. I still want it. Is the word that made me. God created the world through his word. Read John chapter 1. The word made me. All things were made by the word. Even if he doesn't agree with me, that word will make me. If I agree with the word and I stay with the word. Even though it's not happening to me right now, I'm not going to say, well, I'm not, it's not happening to me. I don't feel that way. It's the word of God. And since God says it, one day, maybe someday, God's going to make it happen to me. But I'm not going to discount it or find some other excuse why I cannot receive it. Or because it's not happening to uh, brother so-and-so who is so holy, therefore, I don't think it's right. You can't take a man and put the word of God and put them in the same level and become it didn't happen to this brother, therefore the word of God cannot be true. That's silly. You can't put them in the same level. He is God and that's just a man. You got to understand that. So if you want to be honorable before God, listen to what he says. God's constantly speaking. We got to listen. He has a lot to say to us in this present life. But if you're not listening, you'll never benefit from what he has to say. You know, God enjoys keeping secrets. God loves secrets. And anything that is precious, God keeps them hidden. You don't go digging, I mean, finding gold, <laughs> okay? You don't go finding gold right there. It's over there. Let's go out there. The gold is out there. No, God hides it. You got to dig. You got to work to get it. You know what they call black gold? Or you got to have a lot of technology and all of that. And really work hard to get to that black gold. You know it brings you money, but you got to work hard. God hides everything that is precious. He hides. And if you want it, you got to go after it. You have to seek it. You have to want it. You have to drop everything else in most cases to get it. He hides everything. Diamond, you don't find diamonds all. You got to dig for it. That's the way things are. Deep calls out to, to deep. Deep calls out to deep. That's the way it is. He enjoys uh, keeping things secret. Proverbs 25 verse 2 says, 
It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. God gets glory for concealing a matter. But it is the glory of kings to search out a matter. God's hiding it and you're going after him to get it. Amen. He loves to keep some secret. And you have to dig for it. You have to go after it. Sometimes it takes prayer. Sometimes it takes fasting. Sometimes it takes studying. But you got to go out for it. Secret. Secret to revelation. You got to go out for it. In Deuteronomy 29 verse 29, he says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God. When God keeps secret, it belongs to him. You know about the second coming of Christ. Jesus said, I don't even know when. Have you wondered why? God doesn't even reveal it to his son. No one knows the time, right? God enjoys to have that to himself. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed, who do they belong to? They belong to us, to our children. They belong to us forever. It does you no good when it's still in God's secret. When you can get a hold of that God's secret, then you benefit. Notice, he said, the, the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. Why? We benefit from the things that are revealed. That's why it's our property. When God doesn't want to reveal it, it belongs to him. But once he reveals it, that's mine to use. You know the scripture that says, and you shall know the truth? And the truth shall make you free? Just the truth makes you free. When it's revealed, when that secret is revealed to you, you're free. You're free. If you have financial problem and God gives you a secret to your financial wealth, yeah, you're free. If you have a spiritual problem and God opens your eyes to the secret, you're free. The secret then is to go after God's secret. And once you can obtain God's secret, you're free. You're free. No one can hold you down. Not even Satan. Even if he's standing right, breathing over, uh, down your neck, he can't hold you down. When you find the truth, Jesus can't lie. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. It, it, notice he didn't say Jesus will make you free, right? But Jesus is the truth, right? <laughs> so when you find out the truth, Jesus said, I shall heal them. You're free. So, I want you this morning to discover the one who holds God's secret. How do we discover the one who owns, who holds God's secret? So I can get them from, from this person, whoever he says. Notice, if you read in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2, beginning from verse 9, he says, as it is written, I has no sin." nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. But, God has revealed it to us through his 
spirit. His spirit. How you get to know? How do you get to know the things that no one has heard? How do you get get to know those things? It's only through the Spirit. Then it tells you, for the Spirit searches all things. The Spirit of God is searching all things. Searching the things of God. Everything. The Spirit is still searching. Why? To reveal it to me. He says, yes, the deep things of God. The Spirit is still searching for the deep things of God. Because it's only the Spirit that can reveal these things to us. For what man knows the things of a man? Except the Spirit of the man who is, which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God. Except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world. But the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. How do you know the things that God has freely given to us? By the Spirit of, the Holy, of God, the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to reveal those deep things. And He's still searching for things for my life. He knows what God has kept for me and he searches it. And if I can get him, I can reveal, I can get him to reveal those secrets to me, my life will be different. Jesus said when he is come, he will take from mine and reveal it to you. He will guide you into all truth. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals the mind of God. If I can get the Holy Spirit to sit down with me, talk to me, Holy Spirit. Things will be different. That's what it says. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. No one has heard it. It hasn't even entered into the heart of man. The things God has prepared for those that love him. And if you read in Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3, he says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. His divine power, not going to give to us, his divine power has already given to us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. When it has to do with living, my car, my schooling, my retirement, let's not talk about retirement, but there's every other thing else that you need, that's life. But then godliness, to live right before God, to live a life that's pleasing to God, he says he's giving all of that to us. His divine power is giving them to me. So how do I know the things that have been given to me? Through the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one that the Bible says will reveal these things to us. And once it's revealed, remember, go back to Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed, they belong to us and to our children forever. It's mine. When I have it for my family, they'll benefit. It will run down the family. <laughs> From generation 
to generation. Because you got this secret. You know, God said of Abraham, I know him. He's going to show his kids my way. So they know to walk. Because when they walk in that way, they get blessed. Think about Isaac. God blessed. He was the God of Abraham. Abraham left. Now it was the God of Isaac. Remember that? Now he's the God of Abraham and Isaac. And then it was the God of Jacob. My father, Abraham. Jacob said. But then Abraham left. Now he became the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They learned his secrets, his ways. And God wants to reveal his ways to us today. You know, there are two kinds of people on the earth. Hello. You want to know who they are? I'm glad you asked, okay? Natural people and supernatural people. Natural people and supernatural people. Now, First Corinthians chapter one verse uh, no, sorry, chapter two verse fourteen. He says, "The natural man does not receive the things." Of the Spirit of God. See that? If you are natural, forget it. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. So when I'm speaking about the things that God has shown me. (coughs) Excuse me. And he says, that doesn't make sense. I know who is speaking. You are natural man. Oh, yes. You're just like the rest of them. They're crazy in that church. They say some silly stuff. We don't like them. And they call you all kinds of names. Don't, don't let it bother you. They, were bo- they are still the way they were born with the glory of Adam. Falling Adam. But when you become born again, you receive the image of Jesus. I mean, think about it. You invited Jesus into your heart, right? And and guess who Jesus is? He is God. Is Jesus in your heart today? Why are you all so quiet? (laughs) Is Jesus in your heart today? Are you sure? You acted like you were not sure about it a few minutes ago. (laughs) Is Jesus in your heart today? Who is Jesus? He is God. So you mean God is in your heart and he lives inside of you and you still think you are natural? Something is wrong with your mind. You're not natural. There is something about you that's supernatural. You just haven't connected with it yet. You just haven't. You just haven't. There's a part of you that is supernatural. And until you begin to acknowledge it, knowing the truth, standing for the truth, walking with the truth, you'll never feel that part that's supernatural. You have to. The supernatural part is there in you. He says, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. 
He cannot, nor can he know them. He cannot know them because how are they discerned? Spiritually discerned. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to make it happen. Question is, how do I get the Holy Spirit to sit down and talk to me and show me secrets? How do I get him to do that for me? Again, I'm glad you asked. First thing to do is make sure you have the Holy Spirit in you. Because God's, the days where God, God can still do it, but the days where God speaks to you from a mountain and there is fire and earthquake, those days are gone. He speaks to you from within. Jesus was very clear about it. In John 14, he says he will be in you. The Holy Spirit is going to be in you. So receive the Holy Spirit. That's the first place to go. Be born again, yes. Because the Holy Spirit cannot live in a person that's not saved. You see, in my mind, Jesus went to the cross to make it possible for this holy God to come and dwell in man. It goes all the way to, to uh, Genesis uh, Exodus, God, Deuteronomy, God says, I want to live among my people. So he says, build a tabernacle. I'm going to live among them. And, and many times he says, let them stay away because their sins are not covered. Let them not come so close. But I still want to live among them. I want to, I want to be so close to them. And God said to them in Deuteronomy, he said, what nation, the rest of the world will be saying, what God can it be that he lives amongst his people and they can go to him with all of their problems and he solves them? Go read. Because God wanted to live among his people and he protected them with all the sacrifice so that he wouldn't have to destroy them and he would speak to them. There was a time God says, I want to talk to them. And he came down on this mountain and was talking with fire earthquakes and they heard his voice. And the people said, look Moses, if we continue to hear his voice, we're going to die. Tell him not to talk to us anymore. Let him talk to you. You can handle it. And you can tell us whatever he says we will do. But we don't want to hear his voice anymore. But now, the same God, because of the death of Jesus, he's made it possible for God to come and live inside of his people. And there he can talk to us. There he can talk to us. That's what this is all about. After you have been saved, receive the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to be arguing with anybody. And I'm not saying you are not a Christian. I said, after you have been saved, make sure you, get the, you receive the Holy Spirit. This is what the Father promised Jesus. Jesus. If you read Acts chapter 1, Jesus said, wait for the promise of the Father. They were already Christians. Peter and the rest of them were already born again. Jesus was risen from the dead, right? But Jesus said, wait for the promise of the Father. 
As you've heard me say, and you heard John the Baptist say, wait for the promise of the Father. Because until the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, it's really hard to get near to God. You have to have the Holy Spirit. You have to. I know what the Holy Spirit has done in my life. If somebody told me some of the things God has done through my life when I got saved the first time, I wouldn't believe it. But God has done so much in my life and I can see what he is doing. You have to receive the Holy Spirit. Let me share this scripture with you. Acts 19. It says, And it happened where, while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. What did they call Christians? The early church? What were they called? So what kind of people did he find? He found some Christians, right? In our time, right? Wouldn't you say they are Christians? He found some Christians. He says, I'm finding some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So if you are a Christian, you have been born again, and you haven't received the Holy Spirit, and Paul gets to be with you, he's going to turn around and say, huh, what's going on here? Uh, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Because when you believe, there is another thing for God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to jump my head and go to um, Luke chapter 11. Verse 13, Jesus said, If you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, you earthly fathers, earthly fathers, that's Luke 11, 13, if you earthly fathers know how to give, so he's already there, heavenly father, if you earthly father knows how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give what? The Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Read it. Can you help me please? Luke 11 verse 13. You can turn in the Bible. Yeah. But what it says, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So you have to ask him even though he's your heavenly father until you ask him you don't receive. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. So that's what Paul said here. Acts 19 verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul having passed through the upper regions came to Ephesus and finding some disciples he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. They said, we don't even know if there is a Holy Spirit. What are you talking? Did you receive the Holy Spirit? And so Paul said, how were you baptized then? Because if they baptized you into Christ, you would have been baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And if you haven't heard about the Holy Spirit, you say, wait a minute, baptized, wait a minute. What do you mean Holy Spirit? We know about the Father. We know about the Son. What did you just say? And that's what happened here. They said, we don't even know if there is any Holy Spirit. And Paul said, how were you baptized then? They said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, 
John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That means you can be baptized a second time. Yes, if you don't understand it perfectly, you can get baptized again when you get the fullness of the truth. So, it's verse 15, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, guess what? He laid his hands on them. How can you baptize somebody without laying your hand on them? Is it possible? So, why is he laying his hands on them again? After they've been baptized. Paul laid his hands on them. Let me go to verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they've already been baptized. And then later, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. It says there were about 12 of them, 12 men. Every single one of them spoke in tongues. 12. And theologians tell us this was 19 years after the day of Pentecost, 19 years later, they were still asking the same pertinent question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? Today, Christians rebel. That's why they're not honorable. Okay? They rebel. We don't want that. We don't want to hear that. We're going to heaven. We're also Christians. I'm not saying you're not a Christian, but obey God's word. Obey God's word. Follow through with what God says. You are not the owner of the kingdom. He owns the kingdom. You're not going to detect him by what you feel. Do what he said. That's called obedience. Even if you don't understand it, humble yourself before God's word. Humble yourself. A lot of people today, they, 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 they fight everything. We don't want the healing. We don't want this. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. We don't want tongues. We don't want all of that. And if you don't want, that's your problem. I want everything God's giving. I want everything. Everything is given. You got it. I want it. That's why you can actually be jealous in a good way. I want that to God. Why don't you give to me? Yeah. And God will give to you. He, God says the desires of your heart will be granted. If you don't desire it, God will not bother with you. So I don't argue with Christians. If you don't want it, that's up to you. But I'm telling you, this gift will transform your life. You know, I was reading uh, the other day, today or so, in a, on the internet. The evil scientists are beginning to understand that when you pray in tongues, your immune system is boosted for between 35 to 40%. So yes, go read it. They've studied it. That people who pray long in tongues, they studied it. That they have, and another one did a study in the brain. They, they, they don't understand where it's coming from. Because the part that has, that has control, there's nothing there. And the part that is speaking, the speech center, there's nothing going on. And yet the words are coming. So they know it's supernatural. Hey, think about it. Yes, yes. They know it's supernatural because the frontal lobe is not functioning and the speech center is not functioning. Yet the guy is speaking. And so we've got to study this more. It even helps with your health. Why? 
will Christians neglect what God has so freely given to them? Why? I know the reason. The devil. He is bad all the time. Hello? The devil is bad all the time. I know we like to say God's good. But for me, I have to say that I don't like to talk about him much. But when I can, I know I want to call him bad. Evil. Evil. He's bad. The secret to revelation. I'm going to close today because I'll come back next week. Let me ask you this. Who in the scriptures has the greatest revelation of the word of God? You tell me Paul, right? Paul. He wrote most of the New Testament. He even wrote certain things. Peter said there are certain things that Paul wrote that they are difficult to understand. Peter said that. Peter said that. Peter said that. Guess who prayed in tongues more than anybody else? Paul. Paul. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he said, I thank my God. I pray in tongues more than every one of you. But in the church, in the church, I would rather use, say a few words in a language that I can understand than 10,000 words in tongues. He said, I thought to myself, he doesn't pray in tongues in church. That's where we want to let everybody know we are speaking in tongues. He doesn't do that in church. Where is he doing it? So he can boldly say he prays in tongues more than all of us. How can he say that? How does he know that? That means he was doing it a lot. He was doing it a lot. That's why he has so much great revelation. I'm coming to that. You remember what the scripture we say? I has not seen. He has not heard. No, I've entered into the heart of man. The things God has prepared for those who love him. But he has revealed it to us through his spirit. Revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. And he reveals to us those deep things. That's why Paul, in my mind, that's his secret. That's Paul's secret. Title of message, the secret to divine revelation. This is it. You go speaking in tongues and afterwards, you know, the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you. And it's a quit. But now, listen. Romans 8, verse 26 and 27 he says, likewise, the Spirit also helps our witnesses, our infirmities, our weaknesses, infirmities. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. And intercession is according to the will of God for my life. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He is the one in charge. Of the Christian faith today. Just like Jesus was. For 33 years. I've got to listen to him. He's speaking. Amen. Bow your heads with me this morning.
I'm going to first give an opportunity for those that haven't received Christ as their Lord and Savior because He's been waiting for you. He wants you home. And listen, you may not believe this, after you receive Christ and you receive the Holy Spirit, things will change in your life. I used to be someone, I don't like talking to people very much, shy, don't talk much. After the Holy Spirit came into my life, my, my uh, cousin, that was the first time. Something is different about you. Because I was talking to her like, no fear, nothing. The Holy Spirit in our life. All heads bow here today eyes closed how many of you will say to Jesus today I want you in my life I want to make you the first person in my life if that's you would you put your hand up quickly put it back down thank you thank you let's say a word of prayer for those that lifted their hands up so Jesus can be in your life. Say with me, Heavenly Father, I welcome you into my life today. I repent of my sins in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. You are from this day the Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you said that prayer, your name is written in the book of life. Right now, I need every one of you to look up at me today. Please be sincere to yourself. Let me say this. Because I told God, I'm going to I'm gonna give up. I don't care about what people think. I'm just going to tell people the way it is. The way I understand it from scriptures. That's the way it is. If you say you have received the Holy Spirit and you don't speak in tongues, think again. Because Satan may have got you cornered. I tell people, did you know Mary, the mother of Jesus, spoke in tongues? She did. And you're not better than Mary. You need to speak in tongues as well. Amen? So, there are people that received the Holy Spirit... You spoke a few words and Satan came in and told you, <laughs> you think that's the Holy Spirit? Do you feel power in your muscles right now? That's not the way it works. It's going to sound just like you. If it sounds like something, somebody else, then we are casting out a devil. It shouldn't sound like anything else but sound like you. But it will be in a spirit language. Amen? It will be in a spirit language. I can tell the difference. But if you are not bold, God doesn't deal with people who are not bold. Very much. That's why the disciples prayed for boldness. You have to be bold. Everyone who puts his hand on the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. So when you receive, receive freely. Now, I'm going to say, if you haven't spoken in tongues or you spoke in tongues, Sometime in the past, but haven't done that before again, 
because of some lies Satan told you that made you feel, feel like this wasn't the Spirit of God, guess what? He did that to me as well. And I stopped for a few years, a few months, and then I finally realized this was Satan's work. And from then on, if you're around me, I'm always praying in tongues. That's what I do. So stand up with me. And uh, uh, if you haven't spoken in tongues, it's not tongues. It's really the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because you can't speak in tongues without the Holy Spirit, okay? So sometimes we Christians, we say tongues as if we're, we're going to give you tongues. <laughs> That's silly. No, it's the Holy Spirit, amen? So we are receiving the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. And believe me, you can speak in tongues and get your healing. Amen? So prayer partners, please come up. And if you haven't spoken in tongues, again, receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, all you receive is stop. You can receive the gift this morning. Peter says it's a gift for all of us. And please come down and let them pray for you. Come down and let them pray for you. And let God expand your ministry. Sometimes people are so proud, I don't want them to know that I don't speak in tongues. You're cheating yourself. If that's you, please come up this morning.